Now, I have a word for you today. And, <laughs> and I believe that as you receive this word today, it's literally, it's going it's gonna to set you on a pathway so that no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, you will be triumphant. You will have good success. I believe this year is going to be such a victorious year for you, and the word I have for you is going to bring you into that victory and cause you to work it, to walk it out. So I just exhort you to just get a hold of, of what is going to be said today. And I believe that if you can just receive this message, if you can receive this message today and you can do, you can do what God says to you, what God speaks to you through this message, because God will speak. He will speak to you. And I believe this is the best gift that I can give you from the Lord for 2021. Amen? And at the end of this um, teaching today, I, I have a prophetic word that I will declare over you and that I will share with you. So stay tuned, stay attentive, and you have ears to hear. Amen? Father, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge the anointing of the Holy Spirit that teaches us all things, that leads us and guides us into all truth, that takes the word of God and unveils it to us today so that we can walk in the pathways that you have prepared for us so that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path in the mighty name of Jesus. We do declare that the entrance of your word gives light. Amen. Now let's turn to John chapter 20. And I'll tell you quite frankly, the word, the word I have for today comes right out of John chapter 20, verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21 is where the word comes from. But let's read from verse 18 to verse 21. Hallelujah. Now Mary Magdalene came and she told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, they were in this spirit of fear was on them. Jesus came, and Jesus stood in the midst, and Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you. Now when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. In other words, he showed them his hands and his side. I was dead, but now I live. Amen? He showed them his hands and his side, which was another way of saying the sacrifice. My sacrifice for you and for the whole world is finished. It is done. It is completed. So he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad. Hallelujah. You ought to be glad. It's finished. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. And that's verse 21. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Jesus said he came in the Father's name. And the Father sent him, so now he says, as the Father sent me, even so send I you, you go in my name. Now, um, but right from the very beginning, it speaks about no fear. No fear. No fear 
because the, the, the sacrifice is here. The sacrifice is done. Hebrews chapter 10, the sacrifice is done. Jesus has gone to the cross. He has paid the price. He has been resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He has shed his blood. Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verse 10, it says, By that which we have been, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering. That's the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, his sacrifice took away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, his very own self, for sins forever, he sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by that one offering, by that one sacrifice, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected forever every single one that receives him as Savior and as Lord. In Hebrews chapter 2, Reading from in verse 11, it says, He that sanctified and they that are sanctified are one. And for which reason, he's not ashamed to call them brethren. We, he is our Lord, but we are also brethren. In verse 14, it says, Inasmuch as the children have, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He took on humanity. The word became flesh. He likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime held in bondage. What is the point? Here is the point. The point is, Jesus is resurrected. He shows up to his disciples. He shows them his hands and his feet. And he's basically saying, it's finished. The sacrifice is finished. It is so. And he says, fear not. No, no more fear here. No fear because the sacrifice is here. 1 John 3, 8 says that, that, that the very purpose why Jesus was manifested was to destroy the works of the enemy and take those keys away from him so that he can no longer hold you in fear and bondage, the fear of death. The sacrifice of Christ is so awesome that it has fixed everything that was wrong in the realm of humanity and in the realm of the human race. In fact, everything that, that, that came as a result of the fall, even the corruption that is in the world, Jesus, by his sacrifice, finished it all. You see, what the devil did in Adam was not, in the first Adam, is not greater than what God did in the second Adam. That being the case, the sacrifice of Christ answers any and every problem that any human being could ever face in all of the universe. The sacrifice answers all. So when we recognize the reality and the power of the sacrifice, we ought not to fear. And like his disciples, we ought to be glad and we ought to rejoice. Amen? Hallelujah. 
He says, because he has overcome the world. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But he says, in me, you're going to have peace. In Christ, you have peace. In Christ, it, I mean, there may be trouble, there may be issues, there may be challenges, but you can rejoice knowing this. You can have courage knowing this, that he has overcome the world. And his victory is your victory, and he is going to bring you through victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be glad. Rejoice. Fear not. It says, even though we may not physically see Christ yet, we can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the very end of our faith, the salvation of our soul, so that not only is our spirit at rest with joy, but even your soul can come into the very atmosphere of your spirit, and your soul can also be at rest. Your soul can also be at peace. Your soul can also be at joy. So I want you to determine that you are going to walk in the reality of what is finished, the reality of this sacrifice that is, that is already accomplished, and as a result, no matter what comes your way, be of good cheer. No matter what happens, be of good cheer. Be glad. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so here, back to John chapter um, 20 again. And then here in, in verse 19, it says, he says, he says, the same night, the same day of the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled, he says, for, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood in the midst and he said to them, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. And then in verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, 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 peace to you. Peace be to you. Now, this peace is the peace of God. This peace is not the same peace as we read in the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, there was a peace, and if you look, if you go into the, to the, to the Hebrew and all of that, in the Old Covenant, it was called Shalom. And Shalom is wholeness, nothing broken, nothing missing. It's preservation. It is, it is prosperity. And that's wonderful. But that's an old covenant peace. That old covenant peace, Jesus had not gone to the cross. In that old covenant, we were not born again. In that old covenant, um, it, it, there was the blood of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ had not been shed. We were not sons of God. But in this new covenant, where we are born again with a better covenant, with a better priesthood, with a better sacrifice, in this new covenant, we also have a better peace. We do have everything that comes with shalom, but we have a peace that passes all understanding. We have the very peace of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And this peace is more than just shalom. It comes from a, from a Greek word. Um, it's, you could pronounce this, irene, which means to join and to set at one again. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, and having made peace, how? Through the blood of his cross, that's the sacrifice, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Having made peace, to do what? Reconcile all things unto himself. So what this peace of the new covenant is, is everything rec reconciled unto himself. The Knox translation says, to win back all things into union with himself. The Taylor translation says, and that's Taylor Living, the Living Bible. 
it, it, it was through him. It is through him that God cleared a path for everything to come to him. So this peace is everything reconciled to God's original intent, and it does include shalom. It does include blessing. It does include healing. It does include prosperity. It does include preservation and divine protection and so on. Amen? But this is the peace that Jesus came to bring. This is the peace when he says, peace be unto you. This is the peace that was spoken of in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14. And you need to receive this peace. You need to recognize that you've got this peace of God. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let your hearts be afraid. Because you've got the peace of God. Say, I've got the peace of God. In Luke 2 verse 14, when the angels were singing at Jesus' birth, they were singing what? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Everything reconciled to God's original intent. Everything set at one again. Peace, goodwill towards men. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So it is the power and the authority of this peace, this peace of God that comes to you, that comes to me, that comes to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that you and I are to walk in every day of 2021. You are to walk in that peace. You are to walk in that confidence that no matter what comes your way, that situation, that challenge, that test, it has already been reconciled to God's original intent. And it's been set at one again. And so here, here is the admonition. Walk in the peace of God in 2021. Make that determination. Make that intentional decision. Hallelujah. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Putting on the whole armor of God. Putting on the very armor that God himself wears. God wears righteousness. God wears truth. God operates in faith with the confidence of everything that is finished. But it also says, put on the whole armor of God that God has provided for you. And then in verse 15, it says, let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's part of your armor. In other words, let your feet. In other words, you are to so walk every day of this year with a readiness with a confidence, having your feet shod with the gospel of peace, how walking in this place where you know that no matter what comes my way, this situation has already been reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. So that you can have a peace that passes all understanding. And in that peace, you will be free from anxiety. Hallelujah. You are to walk every day in every situation with that peace of God, that confidence that comes out of knowing that this too has been reconciled. This situation is reconciled. So that every circumstance, every circumstance, it is for your sake. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4 verse 17 and says, This light affliction is but for a moment, and it will work within you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. When we do not look at what the circumstances, the environment, and the situation might be saying and appearing, but we look at what is already finished. We look at the reality of the sacrifice. We look unto Jesus. We look unto the reality of the word that is settled in heaven. We look to the reality of the fact that this situation, too, has already been reconciled. I've got peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15, it, it is put this way. It says that, um, that this, that everything, whatever it is, all things are for your sakes. That thanksgiving might abound unto God and to the glory of God. Now, it does not say that, this, that everything is for your sakes and that, this, and that abundance of grace would flow because of the circumstances. No, abundance of grace will flow because of your thanksgiving in the midst of the circumstances. Amen? That is why it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. You see, when you hook up with thanksgiving in the midst of the circumstances and situation, because you're looking at what is finished, because you're looking at the faithfulness of God, and you're judging him faithful, then what happens, no matter what the situation is, where that situation might be, much more grace will abound, so that victory will come forth, and God will always cause you to triumph. Thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph. What am I saying? I'm trying to stir up and implant some things inside of you that as you walk in these things over 2021, you are going to have victory. You are going to be in the pathways that God has prepared for you. And all that God has to you will come to you under grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It says the God again. So again, peace be unto you. Again, Jesus says, Peace be unto you. The God of peace shall bruise Satan underneath your feet. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The God of peace shall bruise Satan underneath your feet shortly. Romans chapter 6 verse 20. That God that reconciles everything. The God of peace will make Christ enemies, sickness, disease, lack, confusion, whatever, demons, the strife. The God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet and will make his enemies his footstool. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. So again, John 20, 21, it says, peace unto you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. What is he saying? He is saying that you are to go forth into 2021 in his name. You are to go forth in that conscious reality of the oneness that you have with him. You know, there's a, there a thought throughout this message today, and it is this. that this, the, uh, And that thought is this. It is about this oneness that you have with God in Christ. Your oneness with Christ. So he says, the Father has as the Father sent me, even so send I you. Jesus says it was the Father that is within me that doeth the works. I'm not doing the speaking, but the Father, it is him that do the works. And, and he says, I came in my Father's name. Well, you go in my name, and I'm going to be doing the works. He says, he that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I've gone to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you demand 
as you, you in my name, he says, I will do it. It is he that is within us that doeth the work. Peter says, such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And then Jesus, Peter later on said in, John, in Acts chapter 3 and I believe verse 16, that it was faith in the name of Jesus that give the man this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You see, Jesus and his name are one. Jesus is his name. His name is him. I mean, if you call out to me and you say, Pastor Ian, Pastor Ian, what should, what, what should be my response? My should, I, should, I should respond in yes. And when you call out my name, I should come, I should show up. Well, when you call the name of Jesus, he shows up. Jesus and his name are one. So Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. You are to go into this year, every day of this year, in the name and in the conscious awareness of this oneness that you have with God in Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verse 90, 11 says um, that, that the name of Jesus is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Hallelujah. And again it says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you eat or drink, do it all in what? In the name and in the person of Christ. The person of Christ. Hallelujah. John chapter 20 verse 31 puts it this way. It says there is life. He that believeth, there is life through the name of Jesus. What life? The very life of Christ. So you see, we must walk in that identification of this oneness. It's no longer you that live, but it is Christ that liveth in you. And the life you live, it is the life of Christ, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2 verse 20. Hallelujah. So you've got to make this, this quality decision. You have got to make this decision that I'm going to live this way so that I can live in this peace, so that, I can, so that all that he has reconciled is, becomes my experience. First Peter, First Corinthians 15 verse 31 says, I die daily. Every day we need to continually always bear about in our body the reality that we died with Christ and it is no longer us that live. But it's Christ that liveth in us. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What am I saying? Live in this oneness with Christ. Live in this oneness with Christ. Live in this consciousness, in this awareness. Live in this oneness with Christ. The fact of the matter is this, that you have been bought with a price, and you are not your own. You belong to God. You are the temple of God. Jesus is the head and you are his body. And Christ wants to live through you. He wants to live through you. 1 John 4, 9 says, God says, the hearing is the love of God manifested. God sent his only begotten son into the world. Why? That you might live the life that comes through him. What is the life that comes through Christ? It is the life of Christ. So God says, this is why I sent my son. So that you might live the life that comes through my son. So that you might live the very life of Christ. Paul says, when God called me from my mother's womb, Galatians 1 verse 15 and 16, it was for this purpose that, I, that he might, that he might, 
that he might reveal his son in me and that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul says, that's why God called me. Well, that is why God called you, to reveal his son in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Jesus has purchased you by his own blood. But yet, even though he has purchased you, you are the one that have to submit. You are the one that have to yield. You are the one that got to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It is your reasonable service. It is, your, it is, the, it is the most basic aspect of your worship, giving him yourself. Amen? He wants to take over your life in 2021. Today. <laughs> but that's if you would let him. If you will present yourself a living sacrifice, if you will give him your hands to lay on the sick, if you will give him your feet to go where he will tell you would go and you walk in the readiness of the gospel of peace, knowing that it's, every situation is reconciled. If you would yield to him, if you will give him his, your mouth so that you could be his voice in the earth and you could be an oracle of God in every situation. So that when you show up, he shows up. So that your presence shifts the atmosphere. Your presence, because of him in you, shifts the atmosphere. You show up and the kingdom of God that rules over all that is in you is released in that environment. Hallelujah. This is the challenge. This is the call. This is what he has called us to. He has called us to this fellowship with Christ. He has called you to the kingdom of God. He has called you to his eternal glory. He has called you to virtue. He has called you to eternal life. He has called you to the liberty of Christ. He has called you to holiness. He has called you to the grace of Christ. He has spoken these things concerning us. Hallelujah. We are to walk and live in this oneness with Christ. And I'll put it this way. Living in the oneness with Christ is practical righteousness. That is how you practice righteousness. That is what righteousness looks like when you are living in this oneness, as if it's not you, but it's Christ living in you and through you. Amen? Galatians 2.20 and verse 21 says that. Galatians 2.20 says, You are crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live, yet it's not you, but it's Christ that liveth in you. And the life you live, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And then it goes on to say in verse 21, that this righteousness, that oneness, did not come based on your works or based on the law. It came because Jesus Christ did not die in vain. It came because of the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? What is the reality of this, of this righteousness? It's this living in this oneness. That's the practical application. Amen? So, but you got to yield. Say yield. Say it again. Hallelujah. There was a great man of God that raised about 14 people from the dead called Smith Wigglesworth. You could go read some of his, uh, some stuff that he accomplished in his life. But if you go read his stuff and you dig into it really deeply, you will see, I mean, yes, we can talk about his prayer life. We can talk about this, his boldness and many of these other things. But more than anything else, he became the man he was because his secret was yielding. His secret was yielding. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So as we yield to Christ, here is what's going to happen. 
as you yield to Christ. Psalms 84, 85, verse 13 says, the righteousness of God. Remember, you're yielding to Christ. You're operating in a oneness. The righteousness of God will go before you and will plant you in God's footsteps. Isn't that what you want in 2021? To be in the right place at the right time? To be walking in the pathways that God has ordained for you? Not doing your own thing, but doing his thing? Being where he wants you to be? So the righteousness will go before you and plant you in his footsteps. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8 basically says the same thing. The righteousness of God will go before you and the glory of God will be your rear guard. Psalms 37, 23 says the steps of a righteous man are what? They are ordered of the Lord. Now when God is ordering your steps, God is directing your steps, God is planting you in his footsteps, you know what happens? You end up being in the right place at the right time. Psalms 31 verse 15 says, our times are in him. I've taken that verse of scripture many years ago, and I would declare that my timing is in God. My timing is in God. My timing is in God. And because of that, there have been so many times where I was in the right place at the right time, or not be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you ought to make that declaration. 2021, my timing is in God. My steps are ordered of the Lord. He plants me in his footsteps in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My timing is in God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now in Isaiah 45 verse 13 it says, God says, I have raised them up in righteousness. This is you. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about you becoming established in this oneness you have with him. And walking it out. And he says, God says, I've raised him up in righteousness to function in oneness with me. And I will direct all his ways. God says, I'm going to direct all your ways. What is the condition? Being established in his righteousness. Functioning in his oneness with him. Make that your determination. So that no matter where you go. And here's the interesting thing about this. No matter where you are in your spiritual growth. If you're a brand new Christian or if you've been in the way or along the way for a long time, wherever your maturity level may be, you can start today and the promises of God to you are yes and amen that if you would operate and function in this oneness with him, acknowledging his life in you, acknowledging that it's no longer you but it's Christ in you, if you would simply acknowledge that and endeavor to walk that out, God says, I'm going to direct your ways. That applies to every believer at every maturity level. So you can begin that walk with Jesus today. You can walk hand in hand with him today. And as a result, you can walk in the peace, the confidence that everything has been reconciled. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it says in Isaiah 32 verse 17 that the effect of that righteousness is peace. The effect of walking in this oneness is going to be what? Everything reconciled to his original intent. God promises in Psalms 23 and verse 3. He says he will lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see the connection with the name and this pathways of righteousness? For his name's sake, he says, I'm going to lead you in the paths of righteousness. Now, you want to walk in the paths of righteousness. You want to walk in the pathways that God has ordained for you in 2021. You do, right? <laughs> All right. So let's consider in the remainder of this time, what is required of you to cooperate with God? 
What is required of you for you to be able to walk in those pathways that he has ordained for you? Now, there's a couple of things you need to know up front. Number one, you first of all need to know, it says in Isaiah 55, around verse 7 and 8, <coughs> God says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And as high as the heaven is above the earth, that's pretty high. So high are my ways and my thoughts over yours. Amen? So you got to recognize that to start with. Because God's direction is not always going to make sense. But it is so important for us to acknowledge him in all our ways and allow him to direct our paths. So you need to know that, that his ways and his thoughts are higher. You also need to know this, which goes hand in hand. It says in Proverbs 14, verse 12, and a number of other places, that there is a way that seems right to a man. But that way is death. No, 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 no. You don't want that. You want God's way. You want God's way to be your way. So again, make that determination. That God's way is my way. God's way is the way I'm after. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. I want God's way. Proverbs 16 verse 7 says that when a man weighs, praise the Lord. God says I'll make his enemies to be at peace with him. In other words, then when your ways please the Lord, God is going to make your enemies bow and be your footstool. Make them to be at peace with you. When your way, when your ways please the Lord. Well, when your ways are God's ways, it will automatically please the Lord. Isn't that right? Now, if we're talking about, about, about our ways pleasing the Lord, you know that we are talking about faith and trusting God. So you need to know that. We are talking about faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must trust the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Amen? Now, in order to do that, though, you've got to be spiritually minded, which means what? You're going to have to be word-minded. You're going to have to think like God. You're going to have to think in accordance to the word. You cannot be carnal and fleshy, following after fleshy desires and motivations. It says in Romans chapter 8, Reading from verse 5, he says, For those who live according to the flesh and set their minds on the things of the flesh, those who live according, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is to live in a place of separation from God. But to be spiritually minded, that's life. That's peace. That's reconciliation of all things. That is the life of Christ, the life of God. Because, you see, the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it is not subject to the law of God. Nor can it be. So, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot. It is impossible for them to please God. We are saying that our ways must please the Lord. And the ways to, to, to please the Lord has got to be faith. It's got to be trust in God. And, it's, and carnality and flesh don't, don't, don't please God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3 says, Because you've been risen with Christ, set your affection on the things which are above, not on the things which are beneath. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
pursue the purposes of God and the mind of God and the word of God. Let that be your priority. You need to know that. But now here is something else. Here is some good news. It goes on to say in Romans chapter 8 verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, and if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. You also need to know that because you are born again, that you are in the spirit. You got to know that. Secondly, you also need to know this about yourself. Romans 7 verse 22 says, I delight in the law of God after the inner man. The carnal man is enmity. It doesn't delight in the law of God, but your spirit man delights in the law of God. You need to know that. You also need to know Ephesians 2 verse 10, you are God's workmanship. Your spirit man has been handcrafted by God and you are God's offspring. Your spirit man is created in righteousness and true holiness and has God's nature and that God has pathways that he has ordained from before the foundation of the world that you are to walk in. But you need to know that. You need to know that you are of God. You need to know that you are in the spirit. You need to know that your spirit delights in God and delights in his word and delights in his way. And you also need to know that you have grace and the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, By one man offense, death came upon all. But much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. When you are born again, the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace is yours. You just got to take it. You just got to declare, I got it. It's mine. And it says that grace will flow through righteousness. Amen? You got to know these things. And you also need to know, I think this is so good. You need to know that God knows. <laughs> that God knows everything about everything and that he loves you. And, what he, and, and all he wants, he wants victory for you. He wants you to triumph. There is no good thing that he will withhold from you as you are established and as you walk in righteousness. It says he, there's nothing that gives him any more joy but that to know and to hear that his children are walking in truth. Amen? Now, how are you going to walk in this faith? How are you going to live in this place of confidence and trust in God? There's a couple of things. Number one, you must acknowledge every good thing that is in you. Philemon 6 says that the communication of your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. In other words, when you acknowledge that you've got the grace, when you acknowledge the gift of righteousness, when you acknowledge the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, when you acknowledge you've got a supernatural divine hope from heaven, when you acknowledge these things, your faith is going to work. Not the circumstances, but what is on the inside. Now here are some truths where your faith is concerned. And this is so important to get this fact. All the works of God are finished from the foundation of the world. Romans 4 verse 3. It is finished. The pathways God has for you in 2021 is already finished. It's already settled in heaven. And when you were born again, what happened? As Christ came on the inside of you, the plan that God had for your life, the purposes of God, the grace to accomplish that, the call of God, all of those things came into being the moment you got born again and Jesus came on the inside. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And that is why whenever, you, if you're not born again, 
then there isn't much you can get out of this message in terms of doing it. And that is why the place to always start is say, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord, and I believe you've been raised up from the dead. I give you my life, and I receive you into my life. The moment you do that and Jesus comes in the inside of you, what happens? All of a sudden, the grace, the plans, the purposes, all those things that God has ordained for you from the foundation of the world begins to kick in. So that you can spend the next 362 days in this year doing what? Walking out the will of God for your life. Amen? All right. Now, if you want to... Um, what is required of you? What is required of you? It's so that you can walk in Christ, so that you can walk in this oneness, so that you can walk in this righteousness. In Matthew chapter 11, it says, Jesus says, don't be heavily laden, don't be burdened, don't be yoked down with this, that, and the other, but he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, learn of me. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come and take my yoke upon you. And what he is saying, when he says, come into this rest, and he says, come and take my yoke, he's also saying, get rid of every other yoke. Get rid of every other burden. Get rid of it all and take my yoke. Come into my rest. He is saying that you got to be free. So there are two things that, ha that is important. One is you must Come into this place where you know that you are free. And where you can practice living in that freedom. Where you're free from anxiety. You're free from fears. You're free from cares. You're free from concerns. You're free from the fear and concerns about tomorrow. You're free from burdens. You're free from the voice of the past and the voice of your history. You're free from the limitations of humanity and race and gender. You are free from, from, um, from, 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 from behaviors that, that, that might run in your family. You're free from addictive behaviors that family members might have that you think is just going to come on you. Or you're, you're free from hereditary stuff. Where you're free from diseases and sickness. Where you're free from condemnation and guilt and shame. And we could go on. Where you are free from the accusations and the, the judgments of people. Where you are free from yourself. Amen? <laughs> now here's the truth. It says in John 8, verse 36, this is a gift. Whom the Son set free is what? Is free indeed. In your spirit, you are totally free. 1 John 5, 18 says, He that is born of God sinneth not. And he's never in a place of separation from God. But he keeps himself, and the evil one touches him not. Jesus says in John 14, verse 30, and it applies to the new creation on the inside of you. The prince of this world cometh, but he has got nothing in me. There is nothing in your spirit that, that the devil can hook on to. Nothing. He cannot, your spirit cannot be touched by the devil. That's why you need to have the life of your spirit overtake your soul and overtake the rest of your being. Romans 8 verse, John 8, 32 puts it this way. It says you need to know the truth and, and let that truth make you free. Amen. Now, so here are some fruit truths that, 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 um, that will cause you to live in this place of freedom. That will cause you to live in this place of the freedom that is already in your spirit. Let's address a few of them. Say no anxiety. 
It says in, in, in Philippians 4, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. It says, be anxious for nothing. Why? You see, anxiety and worry is meditating on the problem, and it is not trusting God. So what should you do? Number one, you should refuse to worry. And I, I, and I like to think, and there are certain prayers of commitment that you ought to make consistently every day. First Peter 5 verse 7 says, cast all your care upon him. Just cast it on him because he cares for you. Psalms 37 verse 5 says, um, it says that commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he'll bring it to pass. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, commit the work. The work of your hands, the assignment, this message, whatever it is, commit it to the Lord. And he will cause your thoughts to be established. In other words, he will cause your thoughts to become in agreement with his own thoughts. 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, whatever you commit to the Lord, he's able to keep. Commit your family. Commit tomorrow. Commit the ones you're believing for that needs to come to the knowledge of. Commit everything to his into his hands with the confidence that he is able to keep it. But you see, you need to do these things. You got to be sure to, per to intentionally cast and commit these things to him. Amen? It, does it mean that you don't have to be responsible? That's why you, 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 you can be responsible. You need to be responsible. But being responsible doesn't mean that you got to carry the care and the burden and the responsibility of the outcome. You can't raise the dead. <laughs> you can't save anybody. You can't deliver any. You can't do. It, it is we plant, we sow, but it's God that gives the increase. It is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that performs all things. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Holy Ghost. Salvation is of the Lord. Deliverances of God. So we can, we are, we, we can, we, we are not the ones, that, we are not responsible for the outcome. The government is on his shoulder. But it is your responsibility to believe, to operate in faith, to speak, to declare. But, but you don't have any, any, any attachment to the outcome. Or else it will produce anxiety. So when you say, I don't have a care in the world. What does it, does it mean you're irresponsible? Does it mean you don't have no emotion, no love? When you say, I come, I'm crucified to this person and that person or whatever it is, and as a result, I'm not affected, I cannot be money. It doesn't mean you don't love them. Amen? But what does it mean? It means then that you are not in a reactionary place with them. Anyway, let me just keep on going. Amen. Hallelujah. But we got to be free, free from the voices of the past. Forget those things which are behind. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. The past has got to be released. If you don't release the past, then it will go into your future. 2 Corinthians 5 17 says, All things have passed away. Behold, check it out. All things have become new and all things are of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says, you can chop off the past, you can chop off distractions, you can chop off cares, you can chop off and cut off so many things by taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God speaking, that is alive and powerful, 
and everything is naked and exposed before it. Everything is open before it. And that word open, when it says everything is open to the word of God, it is says it's as if it is as if it's as the neck being stretched out so that it can be, so that whatever the problem is, it can be decapitated. Amen? Hallelujah. So you've got to declare these things. You've got to exercise yourself in the word of God and not allow yourself to be in bondage to the past. Declare that you've got a new identity. Declare that your identity is not based on language and background and history and race and gender and all of that stuff, but you are a king and a priest unto God. You are a new creation. Declare that by the power of the blood and curses, curses, Whatever the curse might come from, whether it come from what people have to say, whether it come from un unholy agreements that people form against you. Hey, in the Tower of Babel, they were planning wickedness. But, but guess what? God confused it. People sometimes will come in unholy agreements against you or against your family. They might speak word curses. Word curses may have been spoken about you when you were a child. You never monked to anything. Well, you need to break the power of those things and be free from them. How can you do that? Psalm 64 says basically that you can, de you can declare, and I'm just going to give it to you this way. It says you can command every word curse to get off of you, to get off of your life, to get off of your family, and to go back on the heads of those who send them. So that they would eat the fruit of their own decrees in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn it. What do you mean you will condemn it? Are you putting a curse on somebody? No, you're not. But what are you doing? What happens when a building is condemned? It's not habitable. You can't live there anymore. So when you condemn those words spoken against you, you are evac. You are what should I say, evacuating, or you are, you are pulling out or, 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 or taking out whatever power was in that word that was against you, you are extracting it. You ever had a tooth extracted? Huh? It's gone. Well, you just are extracting the life and the power out of those negative words and curses. You're just pulling it out. And you see, when people can recognize when things come back in their own head and they can recognize where they missed it and they can recognize their faults and their errors, that's when they change. Amen? So you are doing them a favor when you declare in the name of Jesus, I command every curse that, would, that anyone would try to put in my life or my family to go back in the heads of those who send it in Jesus' name. And I condemn every tongue that rises up against me. I sever it with the word of God, which is a sharp two-edged sword that will get to the neck of whatever was spoken and decapitated so it has no power over you. Hello? Amen. Hello. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Declare you're crucified to people. And, and again, because like I said, yes, you love them. You bless them that curse you, but you are dead to them. And they are dead to you, which means what? You do not react to their words, to their attitudes, to their actions. You only respond with the wisdom of God that is from above, that is ordained for your glory. Amen? And you declare that you are crucified to yourself. That way you are free from, from, from being in this place where you're concerned about your reputation. 
and who, what people think of you, and, wh and who you impress or don't impress. Where you could be, so as a result of that, you, 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 you could be in a place where your only desire, your only meat is to do the will of God. It's all about his will, his pleasure, his purposes. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Declare the reality and the power of righteousness. 1 Peter 2 verse 24 says, You are dead to sin, but you live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Which means what? You live unto righteousness so that as you are in this oneness with Christ and he is your life, you are just as if sin has never been. You're free from guilt, free from shame, free from condemnation, free from insecurity, free from inferiority because you now have God's nature. And as Jesus is, so are you in this world. And then finally, take the limits of God. With God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to them that believe because they that are believe are with God. Amen. <laughs> take the limits of God. God, it says in Ephesians 3.20 that he can do above and beyond what you could ever ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. And then here is the thing. What is required of you? You got to learn to talk like Jesus. You got to learn to talk like who you are. You are a king and a priest unto God. And where the word of a king is, there is what? Power. Ecclesiastic um, 8 and verse 4. You got to talk like a king. King's decree. Job 22, 28 says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. You got to learn to speak with authority. You got to speak from the righteousness of God. There is life and death is in the power of your tongue. You need to make a covenant with your mouth that you will speak only the truth, that you will speak, you will speak, uh, um, you will speak the truth, which means what? What is already ended by the death of Christ. You will speak the truth, who Jesus is in you, what is happening right now, what he is doing and saying in you and through you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You will speak words that minister grace to the hearers. Let the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable in this sight. Let the words of your mouth be in righteousness. Let them be in oneness with God. Nothing forward, nothing perverse, nothing corrupt. Not, let your communication be as it becometh the gospel. Speak the word of God only and always, not the circumstances, not appearances. Speak what the blood of Christ says. Speak what redemption says. Speak forgiveness. Remit the sins of others. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I need to close this, but let me do this. Let me put it this way. I'm believing God that you receive the discipline, the holy discipline and the grace of God, the spirit of God working in you both to willing to do his pleasure. So that what you've heard today, you might go back, meditate in it, and see what actions you need to take. Because I'm saying to you, this message, it is a blessed message. But this message in itself, as you receive it, and as you do it, will become a gift for you. It's a gift to you that will cause you to be, to live in such absolute victory. Amen? And so I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that this word will just ring on the inside of you and you will walk it out all the year long. Now, I'm going to close with a declaration that of something the Lord gave me back at the end of October. And I want to speak this prophetic word over your life. 
Here is something, one, one morning I was sometime in the middle of sleep, I heard this word. I got to have breakthrough now. I'm down on my knees, down on my face, breakthrough now. That simple phrase, breakthrough now. And, and I kind of, I didn't think too much about it. I did write it down, but as I've been pondering on it, I realized what the Lord was saying. That there is such power. That's something that he has given. That's a divine utterance. And you see, divine utterance are given for the purpose that you might be a partaker of his divine nature. Amen? And escape the corruption that is in this world. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. So I want to declare over you, breakthrough now. In this year, 2021, every day, breakthrough now. And I want you to put that in your mouth and you say it every day. You wake up in the morning, you just declare, breakthrough now, breakthrough now, breakthrough now. And I declare that breakthrough now over your life in the name of Jesus. That it will show up in your finances. It will show up in your physical body. It will show up in your family and in your relationships. Now, I'm going to, we're going to receive the offering, but I want you to, to, to make a, take an act of faith. I want you to get a hold of something that you can identify with your finances. Whether it be your wallet, whether it be you put your hand in your pocket, whether it be a bank statement, a credit card, and I want you to take a hold of it. All right? And so that as we, res so, uh, so, and I'm going to declare this word right now. And in a moment, you're going to get a chance to give. But right now, as you have that in your hand right now, I just want to declare this. Just declare it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, you see their finances. Lord, and your word says that everything they set their hands to is blessed. You said that they are to be the head and not the tail above only, not beneath. I declare your word that you will cause all grace to abound towards them, that they would have all sufficiency and abound unto every good work. We know the grace of the Lord Jesus that even though he was rich, he, he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. I declare the blessing of the Lord upon their life. I declare the treasures of the sinners that have been laid up is coming to them supernaturally and divinely in the name of Jesus. And I declare over their life, and I declare over their finances, breakthrough now in Jesus' name. Breakthrough now in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, you, I'm gonna give, you have an opportunity to give and to sow seed into this ministry. And, and you may never have given before, but this is a good time to do it. Right now, at the beginning of the year, go ahead and sow a seed into this ministry. There's, there's, the information is on the screen. And I'm telling you, as you do that, what are you doing? You are becoming a partaker of, what, of the assignment of this ministry, which is to do what? It is to turn people to righteousness and to make them trees of righteousness planted of the Lord. So this is your opportunity to become part of that and I, uh, I know we invite you to be partners, but I'm inviting you, if you've never given before, give and do so with the understanding that you are becoming a partaker of bringing others to righteousness and maturing them so that they become trees of righteousness planted of the Lord. I declare the blessing of the Lord upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs>